0: Your boyfriend will say something bad about you, so they always stick around. You know, these guys are doing that right now. So, like, just in case, I say, "What is he saying?" Different church. Um, to be honest, I'm not here by invitation. I self-invited, <laughs> <laughs> um, because I have a love for a New Philip. Mm. I'm called to, to to start a church called Happy Church, but I'm not. Um, working for happy church. I am working for the kingdom of God. I think so should you, eh? Does it make sense? Um, I'm not saying this just because I may sound, you know, uh, look nice or sound nice, but I firmly theologically believe that we are all in this together. Your church is basically a happy church in the city that don't pay me. (laughs) Daniel is the guy that is actually the church. Um, Our oh, happy church is uh, the New Philly Church in um, some somewhere else, uh, but pays me, <laughs> right? Um, I think th- today's sermon really helps us to understand this thing as well, and how much big this God is. Until you right size this God, you'll never really be able to fully appreciate and uh, His presence in our life. You know, greatest issue in our life is not about having no church or big church or successful church or not. No, actually, biggest issue in this world right now in the spiritual sin, uh, the atmosphere is that we do not have uh, enough hunger and enough thirst to know God more and deeper. If you know Him, whatever that you go through, whatever that you face in your life, You will have the answer because God is actually bigger than your problem. Amen? That's a confession that we have in the church. That's why we come to church and remind each other, hey, God is bigger than you. God is bigger than what you're going through. God is bigger than your boyfriend that broke up, you know, broke your heart. God is bigger than your marital issue. God is bigger than your job issue. God is bigger. And we come, come to the church and build each other up, allow each other to see. This God. So I'm here to hearing from what's going on in the New Philip because I'm very close uh, I'm not, not close friend because that's what I think maybe he doesn't think that way but uh, <laughs> I'm a good friend with the Pastor Christian and Pastor Aaron and um, she came to me and shared with me personally uh, about the ordeal that they go through and um, so I'm, I'm actually uh, want to encourage you and I happen to be here and I'm going to come back here again first week of July. Oh, I heard that you are not here. All right. I'll talk about that. You know, I'll be. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should all come together. Maybe whole hobby church should come together and worship together. What, what do you think? All right, whatever. <laughs> all right. Let's just read the Bible. Oh, yes. and how long do you guys normally preach here? In our church, about two hours. Yeah. Not really. 45? 45. Okay. The book of Isaiah 55 speaks about God's desire for us to seek Him. And why is it important? Today, I want to share with you. What God truly desires from us. And there are a lot of misunderstanding. And uh, when we see God, how many of you guys feel like that God is too far away and God is too silent? There are times that you walking in this journey and you're looking for God's answer in your life and you are still, you can't find the answer. You're still too lonely. You're too devastated. You're still uh, broken and all those. Things. Where are you, God? You know? I've been through my own journey as well. And God, was some, God is sometimes quite distant. Hmm. And for those people who are going through that trouble, going through, the, through that kind of season, I think today, may God help you to understand Then give you the answer. Hmm. The first verse, it says, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Now, there's a theological question here. What do you mean by that? Do you mean that God cannot be found? Is that mean that God is not near yeah or do you mean that like there's only a certain season or certain places that God can be found or God can be near right is that is it what kind of what kind of statements why do we have to seek God while there's a word while he may be found and while he's near I think one of the key issue in the Bible is that it's not the problem that you go through uh, the issue. It is actually your way to see God, who is governing the everything goes around in our lives. Our inability to see this God, yeah. Like, can you understand this? Like, yeah, if you see God, if you know God is in this, no matter what you go through, right? that I think you can overcome, that you can be victorious. The problem is you don't see God sometimes. You don't sense this God's presence. And what do you mean by the while he can be found, while he's near? Hmm. I think you know, one of the good illustrations is that I was in the train, and uh, in the, uh, the, sitting next to this very pretty girl didn't come out right <laughs> i'll be very in trouble if i record it right there in our church we have a recording so, but okay there's a girl sitting there right and she's a complete stranger right she's very like a very close to me so uh, okay know uh, uh, i can talk to her and i can have a like a really what a good relationship with her and all this stuff but i can't do that why because she's a stranger Right? The physical presence doesn't give me the intimacy. But my wife is about a thousand miles away right now. She's in Sydney. Right, She's not close to me in presence, not near me. Like right, now. I can't even see her. But because of who she is, who I am, my relationship with me, all of just one phone call away, honey, I'm here, and I'm so close to her right i think that what this passage is saying that seek the lord while he may be found it doesn't mean that he's away from you he's actually forgotten you he cannot be found or he's not on and he's not this is undiscoverable right it is a question of uh, intimacy who are you to god who is this god to you is he someone that's sitting next to you that stranger you come to god and you are, he's still the stranger has Absolutely no relationship with you. Oh, is it someone close to you? Have you ever felt that intimacy with him? Hmm. Have you ever really felt so close to this God? This God is mine, I am his. I can see him, I can know him, I can feel him, I can sense him. And because he is near. Intimacy changes everything. And this is the reason why, I mean, my church, we go through this season of fasting, yeah? Seven days fasting, we call seven days Jesus. What what is that? The beginning of the year. You know, we don't want to start anything in the church. We don't want to run church. Running church means nothing to people. But we want to come to Christ because Jesus is the answer. Church is not the answer. Pastors is not the answer. Pastors' good sermon is not the answer. Jesus is the answer, yeah? But do you ever have that presence uh, of God in your life? And if you don't, what do you need to do? Seek Him. Seek Him until you know that He is there. Because He is already there. Call upon Him. Call upon His name. Weep for that, that, that inability to sense this God, presence of the Lord. If you can't do it alone, then bring your friends and do it together as a church. That's what the church is all about. The way the presence of God is felt. Amen? They say that Christianity is not the religion, but it's a relationship with God. I believe in that. But what do you mean by the religion? What do you mean by the relationship? Religion is a system. It's a formula. If you put one plus one, it becomes two. You expect the result. Relationship is unexpected, Right My wife and me You know She is I love my wife Oh wow But she's a woman <laughs> She changes her mind A thousand times Right <laughs> But Hey <laughs> There you go <laughs> Well men changes their mind too Right yeah. but, but that's the beauty Of a relationship Isn't it I always come to her With a Sense of Expectation You know, I always come to. In a way, there's a fear in there, not that, like, like traumatized at the terror, but the fear of the respect, fear of reverence, fear of valuing, fear of treasuring. You know, if you have something precious in your hand, you are afraid to drop it because you treasure it so much. When I come to her in the relationship called marriage, I trust her, I treasure her, I don't come. Expecting so much, I formulated everything. You know what happened then? My marriage is stagnate. and I take it for granted. Yeah, you know your job is cooked for me. Okay, that's what it is. You know, raise my children. Okay, and there's no relationship. When you come to God. Understand, this is about the relationship. It's not about God. I'll come on Sunday, say so three o'clock to four o'clock. I'll give you one hour of my life. I read the Bible sometimes. I give my offerings here or there. Okay, I tick the boxes, okay? Then I'm your Christian. I'm your followers. I don't know whatever that is. That is a religion, right? No matter what you call it. When you feel like that you are coming to crisis in your relationship with God, you need to seek Him. Okay, another word is this, intentionality. Everybody says intentionality. intentionality. You have to be intentional. See, I talk about in the leadership group that, you know, sometimes we have this idea that we have, you can be always be passive in this relationship. I know, sovereignty of God, God is the one who is in charge. God loves us first when we are sinner. So when it comes to salvation, we are completely, utterly passive. We cannot earn it. We cannot add on to it. It's all what God did, right? But after that, when it comes to relationship with God, when He invites us into the newborn relationship with Him, this is both way. God invites us. Hey, seek me and you can find me. Love me and you see how much I love you. Call upon me. You see how I answer you. You cannot sit back and just thinking, Hey God, I'll just be passive about here. There is a tendency in our hearts that that complacent faith. Okay, I just do the minimum, you know. And there's a reason why you're not having fun with God. I don't think I'm a Christian because um, I have to be a Christian. I'm a Christian because it's so much fun in there. It's so exciting, like, knowing this God, you know. And what kind of God is He? He actually made the whole universe. Can you think about that, you know? He's the God who put the stars up there. You know, the, 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 he's the one who saw the, 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 the sun give his light for the first time. He said, hey, I put that there. And he sees you. And I love you. And he invites you in the relationship. And you take it for granted. And you're sitting there every Sunday and have this lukewarm worship and just like a mediocre prayer. Come on, you're missing it hard, and you're missing the point. That's why I actually kind of got kind of annoyed whenever people Christians come together worship soft voice, mm-hmm. and you bring your hands up halfway. Why is the ceiling fan is low? Is that why you know? Why why can't we go all out, right? Why can't we seek him? Why can't we call upon him? What are you going to be afraid of? You know. What do you got to lose when you come to God? This God is here, and you say Jesus, the lover of my soul. What do you mean by that? Well, why are we just saying that Jesus? Yeah, I like you, right? No, it's said you are lover of my soul. You take me to the next eternity. I'm going to spend time with you for the forever. Whatever I go through in this world is such a small thing. I know it's hard sometimes. I know it's difficult sometimes. But I see you. I know you. Sometimes you get desperate because you can't feel that, because you get disillusioned, because you get you have a doubt. What do you do? You seek Him more. God, I cannot go on any more day without You. I don't want to go on any more day without You. Church, this is a season for you guys to cry out to God right now, and He's calling you. Church, come together and call upon Me, and see if You can find Me or not. It's a question of intimacy. How close is he to you, man, today? How close is he? I mean, the beauty of the Bible is that he always talks about things like, he's not always talking about the good things. He also talks about bad things too, like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be one beautiful thing. He will take me to the, like a still water and lay me down beside the water. All that thing, right? But then he talks about, But do I walk through the valley of shadow of death? I don't know what it looks like, the valley of shadow looks like. You know? <laughs> but the death It doesn't sound good. Valley, shadow of death. You, you, know, you, you can imagine dark places. Difficult journey. You can see the light in front of you. And he said, I will fear no evil. Another word, I will fear no harm. Okay, have you ever walked in the dark before? What happened? Have you ever... Have you ever stepped on the, your son's toy, barefoot? Your true character comes out, man. It doesn't matter whether pastor or not. The beep! You know, all the words comes out. Because he can't see it. And you know? so that's, when you walk, you know, in the darkness, what happens? You get careful. You get scared. And you go like this, right? Why? Because you can't see it. Because we are the nature, creature who, what we see, what we believe. Right? That's why we are afraid. We are Fearful. But Psalm 20 says that, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will feel no evil. I will feel no harm. Why? For he is with me. Answer is intimacy again. This, uh, the, the, the author was saying that as long as God is with me, although I don't Lord. see it, I don't, although I can't really, you know, answer to all the, 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 the problems of my life, I can walk. I'm not going to be afraid. Because I know this God. It's a trust issue. Intimacy issue, isn't it? Hmm. People say that, show me then I believe. That's why Bible doesn't work that way. That's what the world all prays. How the world all prays. You see it, you believe. The Bible says, no. Believe, then you see it. Because when you believe it, intimacy rises. You have a relationship with God. So my friend, first verse speaks about seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. It's an intimacy answer. So I know you guys are going through a tough time. It's okay. You know, tough time is uh, actually opportunity. You know, tough time is the time when God really shake you up, right? And uh, revitalize you and come back to God. I think what you should do is to actually Instead of running church, really come. I asked the team, "Hey, have a p- some, just prayer meeting, you know, Really come to God, and and if you don't have a worship team, then all that. You now, who needs a music to pray to God? Just place where you just come, is cry out to the Lord, you know, until He comes. Yeah. I think this is going to be the season for you guys. Now, first thing is uh, seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He's near. It's an intimacy issue. But verse seven. But just having that desire, intentionality, intentionality, is not going to be important. Uh, it's not going to do it. Verse 7 says, that, Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have a compassion on him to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Everyone says, Amen. It's about action. Everybody says, Action. It's about intimacy, so you want to, you, you crave for the relationship with God. We crave for the, this uh, closeness with God. You're asking, God, I want you more than anything else. That confession is foundation. But you cannot be passive about your life. You cannot say that, God, come back to me. That's not what this is about. God is not changed, God will not come back to you, come back to God. You have to go back to God. That's what He's saying. Saying is that if you want to feel God's presence in your life and you want His presence, this Holy God, then God is inviting. Can't then turn back, turn around, look at me. Come, come away from the wickedness. Come away from the filthiness. Come away from the sinfulness. Come away from the, the wrong desire. Come away from the, the wrong worship. Worship me. Look at me. Look into my eyes. So that basically saying, let the wicked, wicked forsake his way. You need to know how to forsake to gain. You need to know how to, the unrighteous man his thought. You need to just get the, the wrong world, the wrong mind to get it away. If you have a still same greed, same desire, same thought, same priority, same value system, and you're asking God, God to come back to you, it's not going to work. Light and the darkness cannot share the same space. It's a funny real story. My, my daughter was a, like a, like a three years old, I think something like that. And I was uh, in the room, and I saw this guy. There's hysterical cry sometimes. It, normally there's a this cunning girl like, want to get something, but there are times that, that I hear the, the real cry, right? Like, ah, things like that. And I man, I just like a sprinted. And, what, what's going on? What's going on? I saw her hand stuck under the, the piano. And I was like, "Chook of my love I can't see your hand because it's a hyan." It's like she was crying." I can't, I can't take my hands out of the piano. It's like, I was like, oh my goodness, what happened? How did, maybe she pushed it in too much or something like that, and then she couldn't get it out, and it's just heavy, piano, heavy piano, right? I can't really lift it. I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And I hear these horrific like, stories, like how you got stuck somewhere, you got swallowed, and uh, you have to cut it off, the hands, and all that stuff. I know, if you have a baby, you know that we naturally go into the worst case scenario, all that. So, I was thinking, oh my goodness, what am I doing? How, how it happens? I'm trying to grab this ball, small ball, but I can't get it out. And she was there. Then thought came to me, and I asked her, "Sky, Sky, are you still holding the ball?" She goes, "Yes." <laughs> and I says, "Can you let it go?" <laughs> okay. Can you pull your hands out? Okay. <laughs> Actually, the reason she got stuck was uh, really because she was holding the ball like this, and she couldn't get it out. Right? It happens. You think the, the children are beautiful and angelic? Sometimes they are very dumb, right? <laughs> and it's like crying out because in her own mind, right, she wants this, but she wants her hands to free. So many times we are like that. We are stuck in our life because we don't want to let go our sinful life. God's calling is that, do you want to know me? Do you want to see me? Do you want to enjoy the blessing that I have prepared for you? Do you want to know who I am? That who, now, what I can, what kind of father I can be? Then let go. Surrender. I'm not going to return to you. You return to me. Turn back. That's a word for the repentance. Repentance is not just a word saying that I'm sorry, God. No. Repentance is that you walk in one direction and actually stop. Hang on a minute. And you turn. It's an action statement and walk the other way around. Now, a lot of people uh, like apply this into like a very obvious sin. Then you have to cut off your pornographic, you have to cut off your uh the the things that, like obvious thing, right? The bad thing that you know it. But a lot of people struggle with a mental thing as well, emotional thing. Your emotional uh, allegiance with the world, your value system, you still think that what the world can provide you better. If you still think the things around you is the answer in your life. And you just want God to give you His answer, you're not going to get it. Do you want the peace that comes from God? Come to Him and surrender. Let it go. Wicked, unrighteousness, return, come back. That's the calling from the very beginning, Genesis, to the end. They say, come back, your people, because this God is abundantly pardoning you. He is ready to forgive. He has absolutely no trouble with the sin. Do you know that? He has absolutely no trouble with sin. His greatest trouble with you is that your, your inability to trust him who, is, who can love you. Your, your inability to, to trust his love, abundant love for you. A lot of people struggle uh, at church because there's a relational issue. And I'm not sure, you, uh, I'm, I'm sure you, New Philly don't have any relational issue because it's a perfect church, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, we have a, some issue because uh, you know, Michael is too handsome because all the girls go for him. <laughs> all right. no, not really. <laughs> it's not recorded. It's okay. I can say whatever. Um, <laughs> um, well, what am I saying? Okay. In a relational issue, you're asking God, God, come and fix my the issue with my sister my brother you say that sometimes eh you just struggle with this uh, hatred and resentment and jealousy or you know you got offended or not hmm. you know your hatred towards your brother and sister has a direct relationship with god's relationship with you yeah do not harbor anger against your brother and sister let go Forgive. That's why God says forgive. Forgive is an uh, action, discretion of an action of letting it go, letting that offender go, let him go. Why? Because God has forgiven you. You want to experience God's forgiveness? Let him go. Believe it or not, I had this one person. Oh, and that, I didn't have that many people that I hate. But I'll be honest with you. There are time one he thought he was my friend and he backstabbed me so many times We talk about bad things about me and all that. I'm sure that he has an issue and all that stuff. And I actually grudge against him and all that. And um, I was having a shower on a random time. And I sh- when you have a shower, what do you do? What do, what do you guys know we do, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I pray. I'm a holy man. <laughs> no, really. I just pray to God I'm just enjoying that. But suddenly, in my thought, have you ever, like, you know, you walk, you it's just randomly, this uh, person that you hate, that he's, like, you know, her, her, like, image show up, it ruins your uh, feeling. Have you ever felt that? Well, I was having a good time and praying to God, and God, suddenly this guy come, and oh, the hatred coming out of my heart. So, oh, man, this is not fair. Why did it say what he said? And all the thought comes into me. And then he said, drink my prayer. What's drink my prayer? I was talking to God. This thing came up. And I think this enemy was doing that. Enemy is working in my heart. Right? Oh, trust me. Enemy is not going to take a break because just because you are naked and every shower. Right? <laughs> He's going to come into your thought every time. I mean, it's a very spiritual word. <laughs> right? He's not going to rest until he destroys you. Yeah? Do you believe that? So, when it came to me, I tried to process it. And actually, Holy Spirit spoke in my heart. And said, uh, Joshua, uh, he, uh, I'm sorry, the, he spoke to me in, in Korean, like Youngjina. And sometimes he says it. Whenever he says something important, he spook, speaks to me in, in Korean. Youngjina. <laughs> so I know this is God. Because no one calls me the Korean name anymore. You know, he's got only God calls me, Youngjina, right? Okay. If you forgive him, I will forgive you. Oh, it's from the Bible, right? If you forgive him, and I'll forgive you. Is a transaction. And I actually start to calculate it in my head. Hang on a minute, really? So if I forgive him, you forgive me everything I've done, everything I said, and everything I've gone wrong, you know. And because I know me, man. I know myself. It's like there are things that I'm dealing with as well. Like as a pastor, I don't know. Maybe you're perfect, but I'm not. You know, so I'm just wow. So I just have to forgive him. I may not have to reconcile with him because reconcile take two, forgiveness take one. The Bible says forgive from your heart, it is your decision, your initiative, you uh, your, 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 your take the first step, right? Then if I do that, God will forgive me. This is spiritual transaction in my heart. And I found myself, it's like, oh, it's a good deal. <laughs> it's a really good deal. In the shower, I'm not no kidding. I said, I declare the truth. You should really try that, really. You need to declare the truth. Say, so God then, I will forgive his name, from here on, right? I'll forgive him. I forgive everything I said. I'll let him go. I'll tell you what. Then one of those moments that I sense this overwhelming spiritual freedom. Somehow that God was like showing me then like a, as I let go, I realized, let him go, I realized I didn't let him go. I let myself go. What did I do? What did I do just then? I return to him. Because answer is in the Bible. What God desires is already stated. God will not change His mind because He's unchangeable. God, He asks you, but you return. You know the answer. You just don't want to change. You just want. You just still want your way. You still want to get your things done, not do in my way. Set yourself free from this tyranny of your own power. Come back to God. That's what the verse 7 says. Now, this is the best part. I'm going to finish from here, right? From of this, but the next verse is just powerful. Right? Why? Why? Why do we need to do this? It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. The Lord declares. yeah. He doesn't compromise. He doesn't suggest. He declares it. Hey, this is the truth. This is how it is. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are uh, your ways are mine. My, I'm different to you. I see different things. I know different things. Higher than you. Verse 9 goes, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. My intelligent level to you is just, you know, you can't compare with who I am. The problem a lot of sinners do not return is because you think that God is a little bit smarter than you. God is a little bit more powerful than you. That's all you got. That is the reason why a lot of people struggle with God. You need to right-size God. You need to right-size the God who put in His arm the whole universe. One word, the whole thing to happen. You know, the God who is in all His majesty, all His glory. Have you ever seen the maggot crawling on the ground and you feel superior than the maggots? Of course. The gap between the evolution, ev, 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 or evolution, oh, wow, why wow, it's a wrong theory there. The, the, the species, of the gap between this, uh, you know, the maggots and you is just humongous. He can, he can do what I do. He can play, you know, a computer game like I do, you know. He can preach what I do. He just, all he can do is see, like crawling on the ground, right, like that. Right? Imagine the maggot thing they, yeah, well, you know what? I think you're just a little bit better than you. you can stand and walk, right? You know, I can crawl, but you can be better. See, the gap between maggot and man is nothing to compare between our gap, between us and God, yeah? God is higher. God is yeah, powerful. God's way is better. It's like what Job went through. Job was going through, you know, you run a job, you know, not the job that you have, the job. Wow, it's a funny joke, but it's not (laughs) working. In the Bible, this guy lost everything, really, like lost children, lost possession, everything. And I probably feel like that you lost something too, you know, going through this trouble, right? So Job was asking God, God, what's this, you know, answer to me. And God answered him but he didn't really give it the explanation why it's happening. Because what happened was uh, Satan uh, like, uh, challenged God, and hey, the Job was doing all this, worshiping you because he got all this. So God goes, okay, go ahead. That, that was a spiritual scenario, but God didn't explain that. So Job goes, God, God, give me the answer. Why am I going through this? Why am why I so hard? Why, what are you doing? He's almost blaming God. And God's answer was this, saying, that, hey, where were you? When I lay the foundation of the universe of the world, you know, where were you when I put the stars in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the, in the sky? Where were you? Do you know that, that the the animal that you never even seen that you know that no one actually like have a make contact with it, but I still govern those thing, all these things that I do. I see different thing than you do. So what he was saying is that I am greater. I am higher, I am smarter, I am wiser, so trust me. Trust me. So number one was intimacy. Calling for the intimacy. Number two is calling for the action. Number three, calling for the trust. Now, God is the God who makes a promise, yeah? He made a promise. And to Abraham, hey, I'm going to make you a great nation, or that he made a promise. And throughout the whole life, he didn't see it, right? So the promise was made, and that Abraham has to live his life. He died, and until the, uh, the, the completion of promise comes much, much later, and he has to live in this gap. Promise was made. Promise accomplished. You have to live in this gap. What do you do in this gap? Trust him. God is saying, he's saying hey, This is who I am. I'm going to do this for you. When it comes to the answer, you may not even see it, but through that journey, through that gap, can you trust me? Faith on who God is, answer to all. And this is what the Bible says, verse 10, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making bring forth and sprout giving seed to the soul and breed uh, to the ear, So shall my words be that, uh, that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I propose. Amen. And shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. It shall accomplish. It shall accomplish. Because I said so. Can you trust me? Can I share something very personal? And I just uh, wrap it up here. Um, I share this with my people in the leaders as well recently um <coughs> i uh I really didn 't like ministry yeah i 've been doing this for twenty years, and it is the hardest time uh, last from the last few months uh, i 've been uh, really struggling uh, some of my closest disciple going through divorce yeah, you don 't know what it is like eh it 's uh, worse than um, almost felt like I'm worse than I'm um, losing my own children. <laughs> I wake up in the morning crying. My wife, I just cried because, yeah, I, I don't know. I just anyway, just I was going through such a big struggle in my heart and asking God, and He doesn't answer me. There's so many unanswered questions. Then on Friday night, I got this call from uh, one of the uh, the my uh, the the church plant that we have in Adelaide, right, the pastor there. What I did was that uh, there was a boy in Gold Coast has uh, this drug issue. He got, he's uh, addicted to the ice, very suicidal and all that stuff. But we so reached out to him, and I brought him into the, the rehab, and he was going through the healing process. And uh, he was like, you know, he had a tattoo on his face and on the, all his arm. But we met him. We loved on him. And he just finally came around and a Powerful to see that the way he professed God, the way he's clear God. He says, Pastor, I want to be a pastor now. Wow, that's awesome! know with your tattoo on your face, wow, <laughs> I think you can preach to some people that I can never preach to, and we are so excited about the things because he's so smart, right? He wrote three books even right, and then all that, and so I, I was still like but i, I was just just afraid that he just comes back out of the rehab and you got nowhere to go and no kind of accountability. so I mm-hmm. sent to to Adelaide to live with one of my disciples, the pastor there, and uh, he took him there, and I text him. And um, his name is Shane. And Shane, how are you doing? You know, living in the Adelaide. He told me that Pastor Joshua, for the first time, I wake up in the morning smiling. And he hasn't done that for a long time. I see the hope. And I see the life in my life. And these things unfolding It's going to be glorious. And I say, yeah, that's right, boy. You know, this is going to be good. You know, I'm so looking forward. I'm going to see you very soon. I'm going to fly out to Adelaide and have you know, hang out with you. But that Friday... Random night, and the the guy living with the pastor called me, Pastor Joshua. Shane just killed himself, committed suicide. That's about three weeks ago. And um, I got got frozen. Like, I I just didn't know what to say about this. You know, the immediate emotion that I had anger. I was angry at God what's wrong with you, man? And God, you can't, you can't just dump him like that, dump me like this. Angry, I was angry at Shane, man. <laughs> what was that? We had made a deal. We're supposed to do this thing together, you know? And most of all, I think I was angry at myself. I, sh- I should have called him. I should have, wow. Well, I should have just spent time with him. I don't know all sorts of the guilt and shame and, you know, what if, what if, what if and all sorts of questions that in my heart. And to be honest, I'm still struggling. I just did a funeral service last uh, yesterday in the Gold Coast. But in that struggle, you know, I was seeking God because I know only answer that I can find is from God. If God does not give me answer, I'll die. God does not give me answer, then I have no answer. At the end of that, said, there's no explanation that makes sense to me. So I cry out to God. I seek God. Yeah. And God answered to me with this passage. <laughs> what a lame excuse! He like, answered to me <laughs> in the beginning. What? <laughs> but the more. I think about it. He's saying basically, "Hey, you think the death is the worst tragedy? You think suicide was? I'm the God who see the genocide. I've seen the history of man, the sinfulness, the most evil thing. I know that this." of man. The sinful, the darkness to how man can go low. I know it. I know how man can walk away from this glorious light. That When he provides the paradise, the man is able to walk away and reject this God. I've seen the core of the sin. And he was telling me, but I have a I have planned this idea. I mean, the, the plan to redeem the whole humanity and I'm going to take them one family out and I'm going to make them to be the nation and I'll make them to be the, the, the priest of the nations and I'm going to make them to give a birth into uh, a uh, Messiah, my son and uh, myself and I'll die on the cross and I'll make whole humanity redeemed. Look at me. Watch me what I do. Watch me how I the, the part of the, the Red Sea. Watch me how they make the clouds stop. Watch me how to make this thing happen, I will accomplish my will. My thought is higher than your thought. My idea is bigger than you. I am stronger. I am powerful. And no man, no nothing, no empire, no emperors in this world can stop me doing it. And Romans chapter 8 says that no no death, no life can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ. Amen. He was basically saying that, hey, trust me. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. To be absolutely honest with you, I don't have an answer for this man. I have no idea how I'm going to go on and talk to his family. and I'm gonna, I'm, I don't know if I can just stand up next week to preach to people. Like, it's amazing. I'm actually preaching to you right now here because I'm ditching my church. I'm coming here. This is so weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling in my heart. And I'm actually agonizingly asking God's answer. But ultimately, God's answer is, that, can you trust me? Can you know what I know? Can you understand that I actually love you? And I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. So I'm holding on to that right now. I'm holding on to that right now. I don't know what you guys are going through right now. I know church is hard right now. And it's different, difficult, and all that stuff. But friends... Church was never meant to be answered to you anyway. Do you know that? Now let me just be, keep it around, just frankly. Pastor Christian was not the answer. It was never meant to be the answer. Joshua Cho is not the answer. Don't look at me, man. Don't look at New Philly. New Philly can come and go. Who knows? Happy can come and go. At the end of the day, it's his kingdom, his glory. God is the answer in our life. I profess it. I declare it. I honestly accept that. Accept the truth in my heart. I will never serve Harpy Church. I will serve God. And so should you. So should you. I talked about Tozer, right? I, I, I love that. I love that guy. Todger, the one of the famous Christian writers, he says that people think that they are good Christians if they have a great pastor. They think they are a good church because they have a good pastor preaching to them. And his writing, I, I can't really say exactly what he says, but actually, most of the time, a lot of time, it's the other way around. See, if you have a good pastor, then you rely on him because you come and you know that you get a good sermon. You feel like you'll be filled. You feel that, oh, we got led, you know. it's nothing wrong with a good pastor. I mean, this happy church knows how what it feels like having a good pastor. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> So there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we have this false sense of security. He said, oh, I have a good church. I have this big church. I have this, uh, like, a Hillsong, thousands of people. A successful, popular church. And this preacher speaks so well. And uh, as he told us, that sometimes it produces spiritual parasite. You come and leeches on the, the spiritual giant, and you think his faith is your faith. Saying that, hey, preach for me, you read the Bible. I'm not gonna read the Bible because you read it better. You interpret the Bible because you, you read it better. You pray for me because you pray better. You holy, you live that life so that I can do what you have this self-satisfaction. See, this is so unbiblical. So sometimes bad preacher preaches good spiritual people. And I didn't say the told us that because, because you come on Sunday, you got not to how oh, man, this is a terrible sermon. What do you do? You rely on God. And God, I need you, man. This pastor sucks. You know, where oh, is the Bible? I need the Bible. Oh, wow, this is a good word. Wow, this is good. And you pray because of my pastor cannot provide me. Let's pray together for the church, you know? Actually, when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so painfully true. <laughs> it's so hard to say that as a pastor to you. But honestly, it so liberates me it re- Liberates me as a positive because there 's so much pressure every week I have to come and I have to pretend and oh and not, not pretend i 'm sorry, I have to perform right now you listen to me really well or at least you pretend that you listen to me well because i 'm just raising my voice and I come up with the, like uh, the examples and of them entertaining you right now right? it's a pressure and every week I feel like I have to be a good com- you know, like a stand up comedian sometimes. But sometimes I fail people to love God because I'm so busy making people to love me. We should stop trying to be popular. We should try to be profound. Go deeper with God. Go closer to God. Closer, closer because it's not going to end. It's going to take eternity to become more like God every day of our life. It's not going to stop. New Philly, Harpy, Hillsong, I don't care. But that's not another name for the people of God. We have one church. So, church, let's come together. Let's accept this calling of intimacy and calling of action and calling of trust. And this God will be victorious in us. Amen. 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 Can I ask you? you now, Happy is here as well. We just started a new city campus here as well. With this uh, five girls, you know. They're pretty. That's all they have. <laughs> but one desire I have is this. Is there a way? That's this what I did in Sydney. I brought about five different churches together. Let's worship together. Oh, man, that was good. That was powerful. And uh, I know you guys go through a tough time now. How about we just come together and pray together? Just seek God's face, right? Just for the city. You know, who, who cares? If you don't want to call it happy or uh, it, call it something else. Call it like, I don't know. McDonald's? I don't care what you're gonna call it. Let's come together to see God's face together, and let God revive us. Amen. I was so good to see you smiling. Come on, this is what it is. God is not dead, man. Yeah. Come on, you know this is gonna be good. Just come to God and let God be the answer in our life. Stop, stop them being worrying because God is the answer. Yeah. Let's do this together. Who knows? Happy may go through a hard time someday, and then maybe then you have to come to say the same thing, <laughs> right? With a better English, right? <laughs> Let's pray. Is it okay? Um, can just, uh, Lydia, just step on the pay- keyboard, and is it okay just if I lead your prayer, yeah? Just small prayers for prayer session. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you right now. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Church, forget about the the preacher. You need to be focused on the very thing the preacher preached about. Forget, Forget about the man standing before you. You have to see the man standing behind the man. Jesus. I know Jesus is here. And the Holy Spirit is here. Because that's His promise. Two or three of you gather together in my name. And I'll be there. So I see the promise. And I trust in Him. Do you? Do you trust in Him? Do you see He's here with us? So whatever that you go through right now. Personally. Corporately. Internally. Externally. Relationally. Whatever that is. Can you come to God? And seek His face. And acknowledge once again that this God is the answer. Repent before the Lord that you're trying to find the answer somewhere else. Humble ourselves. And God will answer to you. You need to experience this, guys. You need to really experience this. You cannot just think about it. You just cannot agree upon it. You need to experience the power of the Holy Spirit come upon you and give you a revelation. And saying, I am here. I've always been here. You feel it? Can you do that? Come on, church, let's pray. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Let's seek His face. Let's pray. church I don't know whether you do this or not but can I ask you just hold hands somebody sitting next to you let's just pray for each other because I I know that when you pray for each other God's going to work through you and Bible says the prayer of righteous is powerful and effective. Come on, let's be the church. Let the love of God prevails in this place. Let the, the presence of God be felt thick in this place. Yeah? Let's pray. Let's pray for each other. Yes, God. Yes, Lord Jesus, yes, Lord God. Let's go. Father God, (laughs) I can't believe you promised us all this thing in the Bible. I can't believe that, that you want to show your face to us. I can't believe that you can be found. I can't believe that you will be near to us. You're greater than anything in this world, but you treasure us. All we have to do is come to you. All we have to repent. All we have to seek you. So, Lord God, I pray that may Holy Spirit just work in this place and in people's heart, everyone's heart. Would you recalibrate their heart so that they can put you first in their life? All these things that we go through is basically the way that you teach us how to put main thing, main, in our lives. I pray for your blessing upon all the broken heart, all the disappointed heart, this disillusioned mind. You bring the clarity in them. Bring back the joy, Lord God, the joy of salvation. The joy of a salvation will come and will be our st- the strength of the Lord, Lord God. So come, come, Holy Spirit, come, so that we can put our smile on, my, on our face and face this, this world tomorrow, Lord God, because you made us more than conqueror, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, there's all this victimized attitude, Lord God, if there's anybody thinking that there's always the victim of circumstance, tell them, Lord God, teach them. They are not the victims, but they are victors in Jesus Christ. And let them conquer, let them win, let them just go forth for your kingdom. And until you call us, we run our race and fight our fight. Thank you, Jesus, for this awesome group of people you brought together as a church. We worship you together because we are always stronger when we are together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, let's give up all the glory and honor. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen.